0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Heimann.
1: And I'm Thomas Welch.
0: We got a good one for you today. Uh, blues are bouncing back from a, a rough performance against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Uh, not not their best game, yeah, you could say. Um, but yeah, they're, they're moving on from that and play, playing the San Jose Sharks in two matchups this week. So we'll be covering those two games. Um, as well as sort of just where the blues are at now, two games into the season, um, with one really good win and one really good, really bad loss. So we're going to get into that. But before we start, I do want to remind everyone that today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. All right, Sonami. So tomorrow night at the time of recording, tonight at the time when everyone will be listening to this, the blues are taking on the San Jose Sharks, um, the hand passers, the the old guys, the beer league team, whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah, Blues got two games against them, and uh, Sharks have had a similar start to Blues this year one and one, or one zero and one, I think. Or no, yeah, one and one. They lost. They won in a shootout, and then they lost in regulation to Arizona. So, uh, what are you, what do you, what are your initial expectations for, for these two games before we get into the nitty gritty of it?
1: Well, Josh, the, we talked about it on the last podcast and how uh, these should be statement games for the Blues, right? And it's, everyone's expecting them to handle these teams easily, um, and kind of that's been the reoccurring theme around this division is there's a lot of teams you can feed on, get easy points to, and lead you to a playoff where essentially there's like three top teams. Um, And four that make the playoffs. So it should be, it shouldn't be difficult for the Blues to make the playoffs, but to get to the playoffs, uh, you gotta feed on these these teams that aren't at the level that they're at. Um, so I think that starts with winning this series coming up against San Jose um, and winning it convincingly uh, because we obviously saw a version of the Blues last game that we haven't seen in a very long time. Uh, very embarrassing. And the, the players will be the first ones to tell you that. So, um, And I think Lou Korak reported uh, today that, saying the practice was spirited was the understatement of the century. So it feels like the Blues are going to come out firing on all cylinders, back to their game, back to their roots, back to the hockey that they know and uh, make a statement.
0: I agree, and I think the the one word that we heard echoed throughout all the players, all the media, whatever, following that Colorado game was embarrassing. And, and you know, there's a difference between like a tough loss, like you know, going back to the hand pass. That's that's a different kind of loss. That's one that pisses you off, and you know you should have won. Whatever, a loss like that, eight nothing in the second game of the season, that's embarrassing. You 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 do not want to show. I mean, luckily there are no fans, but else you do not want to show your face in front of the fans after something like that. You you know, let the fans down, whatever. Um, So it's going to be sort of like a different, a different energy um, against San Jose than than typical, you know, after a tough loss. Um, And I expect the blues to come out with a fire and uh, ready to prove themselves to not only each other, but to the coaching staff, the fan base, uh, et cetera, because, you know, we've had two games and and the first game wasn't anything too, too decisive. Um, It was a good win, but then the second game was about as decisive as a loss as I remember in blues history. So they've definitely got a lot to prove. Um, and I think San Jose is a very good team to prove it against the blues have had their number ever since that hand pass incident. Um, I don't know if then blues might be undefeated against them. Still. I remember I was keeping track of that for a while. San Jose might've snuck one or one win in there or something like that. But uh, blues have definitely had their number and San Jose is an aging team. Um, no reason why the Blues can't go out there and, and beat the crap out of them. Again, no, though, it, it's 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 hockey. You're playing the same teams a lot, so I'm not going to say the Blues are going to go in and you know win seven nothing and six nothing in two games. It's going to be it's going to be a battle. Um, it always is against the Sharks, but I, I think it's a really good opportunity for them to to prove that they kind of belong. And like you said, in that elite three teams of the division conversation, because they did not look like they belonged uh, in that second game against Colorado.
1: Yeah, and uh, to kind of update everybody on the Blues situation, since we haven't talked about things yet, um, Bertuzzo is out for the foreseeable future. I'm not sure how long, but it, it is said he's gonna he's gonna miss some extended time due to his injury. Um, I think Mikola got added. In his place in Wallman are they're on the taxi squad, I believe, right? And then Gunnarsson yeah, in, Gunnarsson, the spot yeah, lineup, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Gunnarsson's taken the slot with Vince Dunn. Craig Berube also jostled the lineup a little bit, created a little monopoly, if you will. Um, <laughs> on the first line, yeah, we I got. A, I haven't looked at that yet. Yeah, so the first line uh, in practice, at least, they were running Sanford, O'Reilly, Perron, Second line had Schwartz, Shen, Cairo. Third line had Hoffman, Thomas, and Bozak. So we'll see that little Hoffman-Thomas connection potentially. Uh, and then the fourth line stayed the same with Clifford, Barbie, and Sonny. With Blay and McEachern as the extras.
0: That's sort of spreading the wealth a little bit. Um, the way that the first two games where you kind of had two dynamic scoring lines and then two lines that were kind of defensive, two-way, two-way lines that are going to make it difficult for the other team to score. Um, I, I mean, obviously that fourth line is always productive uh, in their own way. But now I feel like you got your top three lines all have a, a really dangerous player or players on them, which can make it really hard against t- uh, for a team like San Jose who doesn't have the best depth in the world um, and doesn't have the best goaltending in the world. That could be, that could be a pretty good strategy all, as well as just spreading out the wealth to sort of get individual guys going a little bit better. You know, if you're playing, if you're playing three super skilled guys together, it's it's easier to kind of sit and puck watch while your other two line mates, you know, go and dazzle. And I think that's what we kind of saw out of Mike Hoffman uh, in, in his first game. He wasn't really completely engaged at, at, at all times. So I think putting him on that third line with with a, a younger guy like Thomas and a more defensive minded player like Bozak would force him to adapt a more offensive role and be a lot more engaged. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. You know, I'm assuming. Bennington gets at least the first one. We could, who knows when Houston will get his first start, but, um, I like those, those line, those new line combinations. I think it's always good for change. And Ruby, as we know, is, is never shy to, to jumble up the lines, regardless of, like I always say, who, who, who you are, how much you make, how good you've been this year. So. Good opportunity for the boys to prove themselves.
1: I think there's some history there with the Sanford O'Reilly Perron line in terms of chemistry uh, and them playing before. I feel like they're comfortable with each other, so that's a solid bet to go out and get some production. But also that Schwartz-Shen-Kairou line, I think – it's definitely going to be something to watch because all those guys are are quick, fast playmakers with scoring ability. So that could be something very electric that the Blues just not stumbled upon, but create within their lineup. So I'm going to keep an eye on that for sure. Yeah, uh,
0: and lots of familiar faces on the uh, on the Sharks. They haven't changed up their their roster too too much since we you know we met up with them in the playoffs and we played them last year. Uh, the usual defensive core: Brett Birds Derek Carlson. Uh, whatever, what have you? Uh, forward core the same hurdle. Kucher, Evander Kane, who's uh, plus minus is looking a little bit like his bank bank statement lately. But mm. well, yeah, he's at a minus one on the year. So, gee, uh, Miss, that's that's a fun story. Trend in
1: the right direction. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Martin Jones once again struggling a little bit this year. Uh, Devin Dubnik has backup. So who knows who we'll see um, from them. Looking at some more of the, uh, the the small sample size, but some more of the team stats, the Blues have yet to score a power play goal this year, which I didn't realize until now. Um, so they're at 0% compared to the Sharks, 37.5%. So another team that, sh- even though a short sample size, has been really, really good on the power play. So if you're the Blues, you cannot fall into that same trap you fell into against Colorado. You can't give up a lot of power plays. Um, or else you're going to find yourself in a similar spot. Uh, penalty kill. <laughs> Blues are at 45%, which Jeez. is somehow only only 29th in the league. But are somehow two teams worse than that. Small sample uh, but size. But the Sharks, yeah, Sharks isn't so good either. Um, faceoff percentage, Sharks have been struggling. Blues have been doing pretty well uh, offensively and defensively. They're pretty similar. Um, so, you know, through a small sample size, neither team is really um, lighting it up, setting the world on fire. Statistically, at least, so on paper, statistically, it's, it's a pretty even matchup. Um, but again, I do think the Blues are the better team on paper, and you know, it, it p- playing, I think that they should go out there and beat them. But I do think it's gonna it's gonna take a, a big a big shift from where they were in their in their last matchup against Colorado. Obviously, you know, losing eight nothing, you got to change a whole lot, and losing a guy like Portuzo sucks as well. It's nice that, like I said, we've talked about this so much that they have so much depth that it works out nicely. Um, you know, having a guy like Gunnarsson slot in is is almost just like a not addition by subtraction, but you know, he brings a different style of game, and he's a really good defenseman, and would probably be in the in the top six defenseman on most other teams in the NHL. It just so happens that the Blues have enough depth where he can be their seventh defenseman, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, it's going to be a fun matchup. It's always fun playing the Sharks, um, but. If you uh, think you're a little bit better at uh, betting than Evander Kane, because, uh, you know, that, that bankruptcy he's going through dealt deal with like a – what was it, like a $2 million in, in gambling losses over one year or so. something, something like that. Something like that. Right if you there. think that you're better than Evander Kane at sports betting, which apparently – For my sake, I hope you are. Too, it, is, yeah, isn't too hard. If you're not – if you don't think – if you think you can do better than uh, minus $1.5 million in one year – uh, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. Now, hockey season's getting into the swing of things. Uh, lost a bet on there. Um, by the time that this episode goes live, the divisional or the conference championships will be set for the NFL. Um, so, lots of big games going to be going on in the next few weeks, whether it's hockey, basketball, football, college basketball. Whatever it may be, betonline.ag has it all. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. And we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. This is kind of a loaded question because there's a there's a lot to a lot that went wrong in uh in the last game against Colorado. But if you're the St. Louis Blues and you're and you're moving on to a to a matchup against the San Jose Sharks following such an embarrassing loss, what's that one that one aspect that you think that the Blues need to focus on the most to to sort of get corrected before heading into tomorrow night's game um, to to make sure that they come out on top?
1: Well, I think the the biggest part of the Blues' game is like when we when we talk about the Blues finding their game or the Blues not finding their game. I think that one specific aspect of their game that makes them so lethal uh, it's obviously their defensive side of the puck, but uh, the forward defensive side of the puck and winning those puck battles, um, lifting sticks, being hard on bodies, all of those things. And I think. Like we didn't see a lot of that against Colorado, right? And that could be to that could be due to the loss of morale and frustration with the referees, whatever it may be. But I think it's going to be drastically different uh, in this matchup against San Jose. It's definitely going to help and bring some confidence that uh, this team knows that they're capable of handling the San Jose Sharks. Uh, but also some angst after just getting absolutely blown out and embarrassed. So I think. Uh, the defensive side of these forwards is really what's going to come to play, and uh, that's really what's going to set this team apart from lower-level teams like the San Jose Sharks, and I think that's why they're going to emerge victorious in both of these games. I hope you're right,
0: but uh, yeah, sort of kind of uh, transitioning off of that. Um, it, defense uh, Defensively from the forwards is definitely an area that needs, to, needs improvement, but I think kind of all around, the biggest issue that they faced in the Colorado game was puck watching. There was so much puck watching um, and that can lead to a multitude of problems, whether it be, you know, your puck watching and then someone's skating past you and rather than being able to k- k- uh, keep up with them, all of a sudden you got to hook them or hold them or trip them or whatever. So I think that puck watching led to a lot of penalties um, and like you said, I think that is due to a loss of morale. I don't think the guys were as completely engaged as they could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when that puck watching leads to a lot of those power plays, but then on those penalty kills, puck watching again, leads to open passing lanes, leads to open shots, leads to, um, Colorado, uh, and whoever their opponent is having a lot more time than they should. Um, and when the blues are really at their game and like we talked about with Chris is they give you no time they make it they make you shoot they make you think quickly and they punish you if you take too long they'll hit you hard or they'll, or they'll snatch the puck from you before you even know it. So I think if that's something that they can you know, completely do a 180 on and rather than 90% of the team just standing there sort of waving their stick around watching the puck, if they can get those guys to be engaged and, and play in the body and, and not giving uh, San Jose players any time to think, any time to move the puck, it's going to be really, really hard for San Jose to win. And that's because that's what the Blues game is. It's, it's high engagement. Um... High intensity, uh, you know, two guys on the puck, not making anything easy, no matter what the time of the game is, no matter where the puck is, no matter what the score is, you're never going to have an easy time playing against a single player on the Blues when they're on their game. And I don't think we saw that in the Colorado game. But that being said, I think it's kind of the backbone of what makes this team so good. So it should be an easy fix, you know? It's it's not like it's something that's going to take a long time to implement, it's something that we've seen out of them so frequently. Um, that just wasn't there in that Colorado game. So I think if they if they implement that one fix, you know, engaging more, um, playing the body more, like I said, everything else should kind of fall into place with that. The penalty kill will be better. They'll take less penalties. They'll get more options, uh, options, and opportunities on offense because transition offense is so good for this team. And turning defense into offense is one of their greatest assets. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing how they adjust and and whoop San Jose, like you said. I think they should take both of these games.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it kind of goes underrated how much of an impact uh, that Bortuzzo hit will have on this team, because even if they didn't notice the hit at the time that it happened, everyone in the locker room knows that it happened now because obviously Bortz is hurt. Um, But the fact that NHL players' public safety said, no, this isn't worth a hearing and it's not even worth a penalty. That sets a dangerous precedent for the rest of this season and I think the Blues will definitely take note of that and given the physicality and the monsters and the hard-hitting players that they have on their team, I would not be surprised to see them come out and just absolutely laying bodies left and right on the San Jose Sharks and the San Jose Sharks not be able to bounce back from it. So, that could very well be a theme for the rest of this season. His hard hitting blues hockey once again. Now,
0: now if if the Blues are playing uh, really that that high intensity hard hitting uh, style, they're going to be pretty winded uh, in between periods or after a game or whatever. So if you need to like you know get some of that energy back, uh, get a nice snack, but it's still healthy for you, Tommy. You know what I think you should go for? What's that? You should go for a nice built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever and the new and improved built bar is even delicious er you got 18 amazing flavors in total including some with nuts and some without nuts uh 12 original classics including you know peanut butter peanut butter brownie uh coconut orange all the classics and they got six brand new ones as well including caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp All bars are covered in 100% delicious chocolate and they're soft and really easy to chew. And the best part is the reason why I love them so much is Bilt Bars are healthy. Bilt bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Um, Bilt Bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for someone on a diet, uh, if you're looking at like, you've got a real sweet tooth, looking at the cookies and cream flavor, you're still getting 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. So go to BillBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED ON, all one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off at BillBar.com. We'll be right back with the end of today's episode. All right, Tommy. Moving on. So we're looking at the the big picture, not just looking at these next two games against Colorado or these ne- or not Colorado, San Jose, or these next two games against LA. After that, um, we've seen two polar opposite Blues teams in Game One and Game Two. So in order to have success throughout the entire season what do you think needs to needs to happen and it's not going to be right away obviously you know it's a long process but what do you think is 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 the formula for getting this team to to playoff ready by the time the the playoffs roll around what do you think still needs to happen
1: well i think first of all one thing that sticks out to me is offensive production from the defensemen right because when we were in the Stanley Cup i think i don't know how many defensemen we had Um, scoring goals, but it felt like they were doing it left and right. Gunnarsson had that one iconic one. Petrangelo was getting a lot of production. And those guys kind of jumping up in the play creates – Chaos for the other team because a lot of teams don't necessarily do that to have their guys stay at home. But when the Blues do that, they've got so much offensive potential there that it's even more lethal. Um, So I think those guys getting on the scoreboard is going to be big for the Blues. Obviously, uh, figuring out the power play uh, and what uh, matchups in terms of chemistry and what side people are on. Just find something that works, I think, is the key there because that was such an emphasis, obviously, in this offseason, getting Tori Krug and Mike Hoffman Yeah, I start to think that that's got to get some production at some point. So I think that's important. Two important factors for this Blues team to excel moving forward would be those two areas, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, um, I would agree. And I think if you look at, you know, small sample size, but if you look at the two games that they have played and you sort of look at the negative takeaways, uh, I think we can take some solace in the fact that the biggest negatives are – Extremely unlikely to persist throughout the year. I mean, you're you're never going to give up seven penalties in a game. That's just not something what's going to happen when you're at your when you're at your peak when you're playing well. And even if you do, you're not going to give up five goals on seven of those opportunities. That's just
1: unheard of. When Randall Riley called for a penalty, that's how you know it. it's been a wild night. <laughs>
0: so obviously, very very concerning the way that that game went. But if you look at the areas that were the biggest issues, I think it can be you can take comfort in the fact that. The, the issues that they had are, are not necessarily easy fixes but things that you don't need to sound the alarm for you know it's not like Jordan Bennington has gone out there and just looked bad and has been given up and you know has a 850 save percentage and just hasn't looked comfortable or confident. It's not like we haven't gotten any forward scoring and the chemistry hasn't been there. No, it's been it's been game one. This team looked really really good. Looked like they were still figuring it out. And then game two, they absolutely looked like they were still figuring it out. And Colorado was just on their game. And penalties came back and bit the Blues in the ass. So um, if you if you're making like a pros and cons list, two games into the season, I think the pros definitely heavily outweigh the cons. You know, guys like Tori Krug and Mike Hoffman not getting going right away is, is, you know, right in line with how it's been for every single player that's joined this team in the past few years, whether it's Ryan O'Reilly, Justin Falk, or what have you. Um, it always takes a little bit of time for the team to gel and the chemistry to get there. So if that's your biggest issue is that your new assets aren't performing and your penalty kill is awful, those are things that are almost going to fix themselves, you know, through, throughout the time of... Throughout the season, throughout when the penalty killing unit gets more gelled, and when Mike Coffin finds a a solid place on a line, and Tory Crew gets more comfortable, those are all things that I can be pretty—I can say pretty confidently—will work out no matter no matter how the season goes. So, you know, once those work out, there's no reason to believe that this team can't win. You know, a majority of games to close out the season and potentially
1: win this division. In terms of these next two games here, I I do think the physicality, uh, especially because in the playoffs when we were playing the San Jose Sharks, uh, if you remember, uh, obviously they were a beaten and battered team up to that point. But I think that's really what Craig Berube drove home is like, we just beat the brakes off these guys. There's no way they're going to be able to have an answer for it. Uh, Obviously they didn't, they had an empty bench, halfway or halfway through that one game I remembered that screenshot of it and they had a lot of injuries at the time but I think that's going to be a recurring theme in these next two games so that's going to reflect who I pick with my locked on player of the game or games I guess we'll do two of them yeah
0: so who's your locked on player of of these two matchups against the sharks and obviously it'll change you know we're going to have a different mm. game preview for the second sharks game but sort of just heading into it um without really you know obviously knowing the result of game 1 because it hasn't happened yet uh, who who are your lockdown players again?
1: Players. So I player will say, uh, like I said, going off that idea of physicality, it seems like in the first two games, the the thing that stayed the same throughout the course of both games was the fourth line, and I felt like they played a, a good game both games. Maybe not necessarily as good in the second game, but they were better than any of the other lines. That's for sure. Uh, so I'm going to go with a guy on the fourth line who brings a lot of physicality. It's not Oscar Sundquist, it's Ivan Barbashev. He's going to be my locked-on player of the game for these matchups against San Jose. Yeah, I think it's easy to forget how valuable Barbie has been throughout
0: his time with St. Louis. And he kind of really hasn't gotten going too much this year, but he's just another one of those players that this team has that can play up and down the lineup and do a damn good job wherever he's asked to play. So I think that's a really good choice. Um, I'm going to take a bit of a different route and – looking at the the team stats for the blues, there's one that jumps off the page even more than that atrocious penalty kill. And that's the fact that they have, blues have not scored a power play goal yet. Um, and not that there's anyone I think to place blame there, but I think that that a good power play starts with your power play quarterback and the blues just, Went in and added the best power play quarterback they've had in a very, very long time in Tori Krug. And like we said earlier, he hasn't really gotten to his game yet. And that's fine. You know, two games with a new team, no training camp, no practice, whatever. It's fine. I'm not blaming him, but I do think this could be a really, really good opportunity for him to get going. You know, the Sharks are a bit of an older team. They don't rely on speed as much as um, your average team. And Tori Krug is probably one of the quickest players on this team. So, not only on the power play, but just at even strength as well. I think he he has a really good opportunity against the Sharks to show his two way game, his transition game, um, and, and get himself on the board uh, on the score sheet for the first time this year. Um, he's played fine in his own end. He's, he's been a fine defenseman. Um, but that's honestly not really why we added him. We didn't add him for his defense. We added him for his offense, and we haven't really seen that yet this year. Um, so I, I think it's a perfect opportunity for him to get going in these two games. Um so I, I Tori Krug is my pick for locked on player of of these two games. I think if he can get going and he can get that power play going, it's sort of the last step to turning this offense into yep, the juggernaut like it. that we've I like about. it. And I do
1: think this power play if not um on Monday night's game, then at some point in this series is going to find the back of the net and finally pop the cherry on the season. So keep an eye on that because they're due. Power play is so good on on paper
0: and they've looked good in their limited opportunities. It's just been kind of finishing that hasn't hasn't come together yet. Um but you know, it, it, they like I said, they've still they've still looked good. They've they've played well out there and and if that's the one thing you can't really do is finishing, you know, it, it's it's all right. It, that'll come eventually. Um and like you like you said, um they should find the back of the eventually. That's just the law of averages. You know, they're not going to finish the year with a zero percent power play. Um, but the power play looks very, very different this year than it did last year. That number one, adding two two new names and Tori Krug and Mike Hoffman. If Mike Hoffman stays on that number one power play or not, whatever. But uh, Tory Krug coming in and power power play uh, quarterback for this team is a brand new role that this team hasn't had in a long time. So there's a little bit of room for adjustment there, as we have seen. But once it gets going, I think this power play is going to be really, really scary. If you, if you don't, uh, if you forget that this power play was one of the best in the league last year, and I still don't think that they looked very good. I still think the Blues power play looked bad last year. They scored a lot of goals, but they didn't look like a dynamic, terrifying power play, and they absolutely have the potential to look dynamic and terrifying with guys like Tory Krug, Mike Hoffman, and then Robert Thomas getting even better, Jordan Cairo getting even better. So, I, I think as soon as they get that figured out, and as soon as they get one power play goal, the floodgates are going to open, and I, I, I think it'll be tomorrow night, um, if not the next game. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a huge area of improvement that is just a yep, matter of. Hundred percent. So it. real
1: quick, hitter before we go, uh, score prediction for tomorrow night's game. I think the Blues are going to win four to nothing because Jordan Bennington is going to shut them out. Uh, after seeing online that everyone essentially somehow blamed him for an eight nothing loss because they obviously didn't watch the game, uh, probably not Blues fans, more fans from every other team that watches hockey because everyone hates him. But yeah, I think he's going to come out make a statement. I think the Blues are going to come out make a statement for nothing. Final answer, locking in.
0: I don't know if I can give a score prediction. I'm nervous because
1: like after that first one and it you went can, so you, well, you can I- retire on top. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been I've been dubbed the Blues tradamus, which first of all, tremendous work from our from our social media manager Nolan. Um, wow, that's that's great, but uh, a lot of a lot of potential to live up to. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get this one as spot on as I did in the Colorado game, but if I do, I think it's going to be a little something like uh, I, I do think a shutout is really possible, and and for just to just to not be repetitive, I'm not going to say that he gets a shutout, although I think there's a really really good chance. Um I'm thinking it's gonna be like five to two.
1: Okay.
0: Five it. to two. And I think they're gonna get, they're gonna net two power play goals. I think that they're angry. I think that they have a lot to prove. I think that the offense has not been producing or the defense. No one on the team has been producing offensively the way that they want to. So I think they're gonna come out. Um, with the fire lit under their ass, come out like they're shot out of a cannon, and I think it might look a little bit like the the second game between the Blues and the Abs. You know, the Sharks are going to be completely ready. I think the Blues are going to go up maybe like three nothing, and then the Sharks are going to chip away here and there, but never really get too close. So yeah, five two, lock it in. That's my prediction. If this one is also right, I, I might. I, I don't even
1: know what I'm going to do. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that's all. One more prediction before we go. I think Oscar Sunquist scores a shorty in one of these next two games. I would love that.
0: So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Um, if all things go well, this episode should have premiered at 5 a.m. Monday morning, and that's kind of what we're going to be getting in the routine of doing for the future. So uh, pretty much every episode, maybe besides a few little – Little scheduling difficulties here and there are going to be premiering at 5 a.m., including the game reaction. So we're going to stay up late after the San Jose game and record it and have it ready and fresh for you when you wake up, when you're commuting to work, school, whatever it may be. So definitely hit that follow or subscribe button to never miss an upload because we're getting on that consistent upload schedule. We're going to have the content as fresh as possible right after the game. So definitely check that out. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Blues. Follow Tommy on Twitter at 12 15 Follow me at Josh Hyman NHL. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.